right, folks, this episode of the podcast will be part one of two covering the main events over the week of the 1916 Rising. And we're starting on Thursday, the 20th of April with the Castle document. So essentially, Owen McNeil did not want the Irish volunteers to partake in the 1916 Rising unless the British tried to disarm the Irish volunteers. So in order to convince McNeil, McDermott and Plunkett forged a document in local newspapers that listed the names of volunteers that were to be arrested by the police. And this document would become known as the infamous Castle document. Initially, McNeil believed it to be genuine and he ordered the volunteers to support the rebellion by holding parades in Dublin on Easter Sunday when uh, the rising had initially been planned for. And at this point, all the military council's plan seemed to be falling in line. They had the um, support of McNeil and the Irish volunteers. They had weapons coming in from Germany. And it was on the Friday, the 21st of April, that we see these plans start to unravel as the odd sinks in Tralee Bay. So the odd reached Tralee Bay on Friday, the 21st, with no volunteers there to meet it. Now, there was a mix-up in communication between the Germans and the Irish at this point. The Germans had told the Irish they would arrive sometime between Friday and Sunday. And of course, Germans being so efficient with their time turned up first thing Friday morning looking for the weapons to be collected by the Irish. Now, the Germans did try to radio into the Irish volunteers to tell them that they're going to be there early on Friday morning. That message was not received and the Irish were not there on the Friday morning to pick up the weapons. As there was no volunteers there to meet the odd, it circled Tralee Bay before it was captured by the British Navy. While the Navy tried to escort the submarine to Cork, the captain scuttled its ship, losing all the weapons, sinking them to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Casement was arrested here and brought to London. However, the British still did not suspect the rising. In the eyes of the British, they had captured Casement, who they viewed as um, the main organiser of the Rising, and they'd captured all the weapons that were available to the Irish volunteers. So the British actually didn't even, or the British in Dublin Castle didn't actually report this to Westminster. If you think about, I suppose, the timing of the event, it was Good Friday, it's a long weekend. I suppose the lads in Dublin Castle just thought, you know, they'd done their job excellently. There's no need to report this. There's no need to file the paperwork until we return back from the long bank holiday weekend on Tuesday. Um, little did they know that the, the rebels were still going to go ahead with their plans. However, things would get worse before they got better for uh, the military council on Saturday, the 22nd of April. McNeil gets word that the arms had been lost um, he looks at the rise and he said, there's literally no chance of success here, lads. He also finds out that the castle document had been forged by McDermott and Plunkett. And McNeil issues orders cancelling the manoeuvres planned for the volunteers as he places um, an advertisement in the Sunday Independent saying manoeuvres are off, calling off all parades for the Irish volunteers. And that leads us up to Sunday, the 23rd of April. And if you can just place yourself in the shoes of the military council and the organizer of the 1916 Rising at this point, um, complete uncertainty. They held meetings on Sunday morning trying to decide what was the best plan of action moving forward. The military council meet in Liberty Hall in Dublin 
and they decide to gather as many men as possible and fight on Monday now instead of Sunday. So pushing the start of the rebellion back one day. You could say that the military council knew at this point that they had no chance of success, but they essentially wanted to make some noise and wanted to deal a blow to the British government in Ireland. In Dublin Castle, the military and the police uh, met and agreed to wait a few days to take action as they understood or they believed that they had captured the weapons and that there was no imminent threat in Ireland against British forces. I'm just looking at the time of this podcast here, guys. It's less than five minutes. So I'm going to take this opportunity to touch base with where does all this fit in within the context of an exam situation? So there's a couple of different areas where we can fit in the 1916 rising and where it fits in within our essays for exam situations. So the first type of essay that, um, or very typical general type of essay that comes up around this topic, during the period 1912 to 20, which factors contributed most to the partition of Ireland? Now, I'd be writing one or two paragraphs on the 1916 Rising. You could probably stretch that out to two or three paragraphs if you had a whole paragraph dealing with the planning of the Rising, the actual Rising itself, the events that took place over that week, and then the impact of the of the Rising and how that contributed to partition. However, I'd probably recommend one or two paragraphs here if, if you're dealing with the essay title that looks to talk about how it contributed to partition. And obviously you're making the points there about the 1916 rise and how the impact of the rise on Irish society contributed to partition as it led to an increased anti-British sentiment in Ireland. It also increased sympathy um, for Sinn Féin, for nationalists in Ireland and really was the catalyst for kick-starting the nationalist movement as it was after this event, we see a huge increase in the popularity in Sinn Féin and we see the likes of Michael Collins, Eamon de Valera rise to power and look to partake in some form of a political process abstaining from Westminster and we see the resurgence of Sinn Féin working towards that Irish independence movement. Anyway, folks, I'll leave it there and I'll speak to you soon.